This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 590 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? This thing still work? Hello? Hello? <laughs> it works? I know. It feels like I haven't talked to you in forever. It has been forever. Uh, between your move uh, and my health, uh, it has not been a good situation. And and today will be about a 30-minute edition because I have one of those stupid fantasy football drafts today at 1 o'clock that I have to go drive to. Fantasy football... Oh, yeah, man. it's one of those local pros versus Joes. Michael Rathburn puts it together here in Charlotte. So it's like uh, John Halpin, JJ, uh, JJ Hasley of uh, football guys, JJ Zachariah, if I'm pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a bunch of those dudes against a bunch of other guys. Uh, and I'm like the baseball guy in the group. I have <laughs> I have read maybe five minutes of fantasy football. Uh, so this is going to be Jason using the Rotowire draft software. Nice. Uh, because that's pretty much how I do every football draft that I ever do, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So uh, my my my, I'm, I'm just hoping not to draft Traquan Smith in the first round. Well, you know you have a you have a ringer in your pocket. Like I, you can literally text me um, during your draft because, like you know, for the for those who don't know, like I, I write about football over at uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast over there too, and then I, I work for Fantasy Alarm do football. Stuff. So tell me, some sleepers. Well, I, oh man, like you, you got to give me more than that. Like, what do you look? I mean, I really like Anthony Miller. I just drafted him in a big industry league. Uh, so you got, I love Anthony Miller because I saw him play in college and he's a beast. My problem is I'm going to draft all rookies because I'm such a college guy. I'm going to be like, mm. oh, yeah, that dude, that dude. And I'm going to walk out with like five rookies. And yeah, it's, it's not going to be don't pretty. Don't be that guy. I'm just happy that it's a no kicker league and Ooh. it has, it has, you start two flex and a super flex. So you can start. It's it's gonna be weird. I've never played in a league like that, but no kickers is just like perfect. Perfect. Well, QBs for me. go fast. That that's that's uh, that's my advice there. Because yeah, super flex leagues, QBs go fast. But let's let's move away from yes, from please. the football let's... talk because I know a lot of people don't like it because they're here for baseball. Uh, and you and I will definitely commiserate over the Redskins, who are already in midseason form by losing. Uh, Dude, one of us is going to be one of us is going to be a running back. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've my uh, tryouts tomorrow. Nice. They had, our, they had uh, uh, Darkwa Saturday, Jamal Charles today, me tomorrow, and you Tuesday. I think. Yeah, I can't wait. One of us is getting that job. I, I played football in high school, or well, uh, I played fullback in high school. I played football in high school and college, but. 
uh, not good enough to, to get very far because that's why I'm talking with you. And we're going to talk some baseball here. Uh, let's start with some just notable uh, kind of news uh, popping up. Uh, it's nothing necessarily that people can do a ton with, but I wanted to kind of throw around the fact that Shohei Otani did throw a bullpen, threw a 20-pitch bullpen, trying to work his way back from the torn UCL in, in the snake oil uh, PRP injection that he took. Uh, aside from whether or not he'll be able to come back this year, I want to get your thoughts. If if he's able to do the rest, rehab, PRP injections, and he looks like he's coming into the season next year healthy-ish, uh, where are you taking him or are you just staying away? Uh, I am keeping him at a distance. You know, this year I didn't want to pay. I didn't want to pay the tax on him. Uh, you know, we can look on the good end of this. It would be Tanaka on the bad end. It would be Garrett Richards. And you have to take your pick on which way to go. I mean, I think we would all say that Tanaka hasn't been the same type of guy since um, he's gone through it. There have been times where he has been good, but there, you know, there are also times like this year where he can't keep the ball in the yard and given up too many home runs. Uh, so even, you know, last year was the same problem. So I really don't want – there's a lot of guys that can pitch like that. I mean, when you look at Tanaka, the ERA has been in the fours since he went through this – since he went through it, and the stuff just hasn't been as sharp. And with Otani, it just feels like something's ready to – something you'll always be watching start to start to see what happens. Even Garrett Richards looked good this year until he mm-hmm. didn't look good and got hurt. Um, no, I, you know, I think this year he was going 20 bucks uh, in drafts. Uh, in auctions, rather. No thanks. I think he was going in the eighth round. No thanks. Um, to me, if he's still sitting there around you know, 13 and 14, you have my interest. So you're but, not going to have any shares because there's no way in any format that he's going to last to the 12th or, or 13th round. Yeah, unless he just shut down the pitching and went to the hitting route. Yeah. If you not going to happen yeah, either. That's not going to happen either. <laughs> so we won't worry about too much about that. I, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm not... I think we talk about Tanaka and him him going through this uh, and not being the same. I think it's a little bit differently when Tanaka is older, more mileage on his arm uh, when this happened. Uh, but I think Garrett Richards is a really good comp. And Garrett Richards, in spite of the fact that when he was on the mound, he was actually very good and very useful, he had yeah. a lot of difficulty staying on the mound. Uh, and that would be my big fear that you invest a fifth or sixth round pick because I'm guessing that's probably where he'll go Mm-mm-mm. if he uh, if he comes back healthy or quote unquote healthy coming into next year. And there's no way I'm I'm wasting a fifth or sixth round pick on a guy who could whose arm could explode at any moment like Garrett Richards did this year. Well, you already have the risk of him not pitching every fifth day and being an every sixth day guy again, uh, and he doesn't he doesn't play enough at the plate to warrant the pick. There, so now you're dealing with double the risk. Um, yeah, there's a risk reward factor there, and let somebody else take it. Not to mention, I mean, the the leagues like Yahoo and Tout Wars, for instance, where if he's hitter only, like, and he's not on the DL mm-hmm. because he can hit, and he's you know not pitching. Like having to roster that is right. really, really difficult uh, in league in leagues like that format. So I I think I'm I'm probably going to be staying away. You know, maybe I get sucked back in if he comes back has a really nice spring, looks like he's uh, throwing well. But I I imagine if that's the case, then he starts moving into the third, fourth, fifth rounds, and that's going to be way too expensive for me. Agreed. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some hot players. Like you said, we're going to move quickly because 
uh, you've got a draft to get to, and uh, I've got a radio show to prep for and, and some sleep to get. So uh, we're going to start off with Jermaine uh, Marquez, uh, who was a favorite guy of yours coming into the season. I jumped on board uh, after uh, hearing you talk him up so much. I've been really pleasantly surprised with how well he's pitched on the road. But even as of late, he's pitching better at home. So what have you seen with Jermaine Marquez? Yeah, the funny thing with him, I was high on him coming into the season because I thought Colorado would be leveraging their expensive bullpen. You know, they went out and bought all those guys and traded for some. And you're like, okay, what are they going to do with this deep bullpen? And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, they're just going to try to avoid the times through the order penalty and just let these guys get 12 outs instead of nine. And I thought Marquez was perfectly suited for that because last year when he got beat up, it was that third time through the order. He just got punished. Uh and none of that has been the case this year. Uh, he, the only time he's come out before the 19th batter was the time when he got in that bench-clearing brawl when uh, the Padres hit Nolan Arenado. And he came running out in, I think, the third game of the season. But he's been pitching deep in the games. And the funny thing with Marquez is when, he's been, when he has been beaten up, it's been early in the game. I mean, his first time through was bad. He's gotten better this year in the third time through, but the first time through, uh, the numbers have been, I mean, his ERA the first time through has been 555, and then it goes to 328, then it goes to 478 that third time, and 478 is a lot better than the 618 that it was in 2017. Uh, what's really stood out for him this year has uh, been the in-season adjustment. Like All of a sudden, he's only a slider this year. And he started throwing it. He didn't really didn't talk about it in spring training. He wasn't on the new pitch list. But then a slider showed up, and he's throwing it. His percentage of, of slider increase has gone up just about every month. To this month, he's thrown it uh, just over twenty percent of the time, which is which is notable. And that's when you look at his last five starts where he's been on this roll. You know, he's been winning these games. He's got. Uh, and and the and the competition that it's come against. If you look at his last five since the All Star break, he had uh, he started against Arizona on both sides of the All Star break. So before the All Star break, six innings, two runs, eight strikeouts, quality start. After the All Star break, got beat up by him. But then Oakland, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and Houston, four teams in the playoff hunt. Uh, Oakland obviously red hot. Milwaukee has been up and down. Pittsburgh has been up and down. Houston has been mostly down. Uh, but he has quality starts against all of those. So five of his last starts have been quality starts and strikeouts six, eight, nine, ten, and seven. So he's he's getting the strikeouts now that he could be a three pitch guy, and he's getting into the you know, seven and two thirds, seven, six, seven. And like I said, the home roads the home road splits have definitely still been there, and that's always going to be a problem. But here we are on August nineteenth. And Herman Marquez has is a profitable pitcher in a 12-team mixed league, which is almost unheard of for a Colorado Rockies starting pitcher. But he has one dollar of value uh, in a, in that league, and he's got eight dollars of value in an NL only uh, format. And so uh, it's worked out. The predict why I made the prediction about him being good. The the premise of that didn't work, didn't happen, but the result has happened, and it's because he's added to his repertoire and is now not the, just the fastball, sloppy curveball, and show me changeup guy. Um, he's got two different types of breaking balls and is going to the slider more now because the slider's an effective pitch for him, especially at the altitude. We know what can happen to a curveball, uh, but he's throwing fewer fastballs now and more breaking balls. Yeah, and he's getting a ton of swings and misses. Uh, outside the zone, as well as just in the zone. He's got a 14% swinging strike rate in the second half and a 34% O swing. 
uh, his his pitch values for both the uh, uh, the slider and the uh, the curveball are in the positive, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, a really nice sign. So, uh, and his worst start was on the road at Arizona. So I think these are all good signs. It's a guy I love the stuff. I, I worry about him pitching in Colorado, but in the second half so far, he's got an over fifty percent ground ball rate. So that's definitely helped kind of stymieing the effects of Coors. Uh, I, I still would be careful starting him at home, but uh, he's a must-start, I think, on the road uh, going forward. And I think you can kind of pick and choose your battles, especially if you've got safer ratios and you're looking for the strikeouts and wins. Uh, he's definitely a guy that I'd try to go out and snag in your shallower formats. Yep. All right. I feel like every time we talk, we talk about Alex Cobb, but he's actually <laughs> pitching somewhat decently right now. So talk to me about what you've seen with Alex Cobb recently. <laughs> So he threw the complete game yesterday against Cleveland, which is impressive. Uh, you know, when you look at the, especially two of the guys they have in their lineup, <coughs> pardon me, uh, for him to, to throw a complete game and get the win is uh, is impressive there. I think one of the things that's standing out, though, uh, having watched two of his last five innings, is the the, the split change is, is making its way back. Uh, early on in the season, I know we talked about him. Basically, he was a two-pitch pitcher. But if you go look at Brooks and see the usage of that split change, it's coming back. And yesterday, if you go back and watch the highlights, you can see it. One of the things where it's not coming back, though, was you know, when you look at his last couple of starts, he's had uh, five quality starts in a row here. But one of the things that that split change is not showing up in his swinging strike rate or, or his strikeout rate. During these five quality starts, he's had a, a swinging strike rate of 9% and a strikeout rate of 15%. Both of those are still below average for a starting pitcher. But he's won two of these five games, and he's not killing your ratios anymore, and he's not giving up the multitude of home runs. I mean, he's only allowed two home runs over his last seven starts. So he's now getting back to that three-pitch kind of thing, and that's where you're trying to squeeze some value out somewhere this time of year over the final five weeks of the season. And if Alex Cobb was off your radar because, oh, Baltimore doesn't doesn't give him any, uh, you know, they don't win games, understand Baltimore can still hit. You see some of their offense, they they can still hit. It's just the pitching's been bad and the bullpen's been carved through uh, as they gave away some of their guys. But he's he's getting deep into these starts, getting a position to win. And again, he's won two of his last four outings here, and the stuff looks better. Uh, and so, in a in a fifteen team mixed league, I would I would be kicking tires on Alex Cobb if he's out there on the free agent wire. Uh, roster him. Uh, maybe you can put him on the bench and, and try to play the matchups. Obviously, it's, you still want to avoid Boston uh, yeah, when you can. But then the other day, he only allowed uh, one earned run over seven innings to Boston there. Um, so this stretch of time, he's played one Boston, Tampa Bay twice, New York, and Toronto. Uh, and he's not allowed more than three earned runs in any one of those outings. Yeah, last three starts, the the, the change has looked better. So I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think I'd have to be feeling pretty desperate uh, to want to go after a guy like Cobb at this point. With with how bad that stadium can play for him, uh, with how bad that off or that team is behind him, yeah, I just I don't know that I'd be really willing to risk it outside of like a desperation play. I, I, you want to hear a desperation play in my AL only league where I am uh, 10 points out of first place uh, in the past week and a half. I've lost Tyler Skaggs, James Paxton and Chris sale. Yeah. Well that, that would be a desperation play. I have a trade offer out there for Alex Cobb right now because I am, I'm, I'm out of pitchers. I mean, thankfully I have, 
I, I you know I traded for those guys to make this push in the second half. <coughs> Pardon me, and I'm getting better. But then I lose uh, Paxton to the the forearm bruise uh, last night. Sale goes back on the disabled list after coming back and pitching one game, uh, and then you know Skaggs is out too. So I'm like, great, I've got. I had to go pick up middle relievers. I think I have Sean Kelly, Heath Hembry, and some other guy. I forgot who I put I put in. Uh, I just had to pick up middle relievers because there's really nobody else out there. Uh, I only had $25 left to fab, and I put 24 of it aside to try to get Tommy Pham, but the guy in first place had more money. Uh, but now he had to pay he's gonna have to pay the penalty because in this league, if you spend more than 20, if you spend more than $24, you have to pay money into the pot to cut that guy. The, if you don't keep him, and so he's you know he's trying to ensure he can get the first place, so he paid twenty eight bucks for Fam, and now he's going to have to pay a fee, a, a real cash fee, into the pot if he doesn't keep Fam. But at twenty eight next year in AL only, I'd probably keep him. Yeah, probably. All right, let's uh, let's move on and talk about uh, Ahmed Rosario, who has been hot as of late. Rosario, uh, I think people were really really excited about him coming up last year. He wasn't very good in his first kind of cup of coffee at the major leagues. He hit just 248, 271, uh, 349. He's not faring a ton better overall for the season, but he's hot right now. Are you picking up a Madras, uh Rosario? If it really comes down to a playing time, sure. I mean, the second half numbers aren't that great uh, for where he's I – mean, August has been good, um, but July wasn't. One of the things that really stands out that's really weird for him, uh, it's it's when he's doing his damage. If you look at the Fangraph splits page, you see his a lot of his numbers are coming in low leverage situations. In high leverage situations, he's striking out a ton and hitting a buck eighty four. So I mean, these are at, late in the game against the power relievers. He's just bearing terribly. Uh, and you know, for for the skill set, I still believe in the skills, but I'm not seeing much difference. Uh, much difference there, but you know, Paul wrote about it the other day, talking about speedsters for the stretch run. This is really where I'd be looking at Rosario. If if you're looking for steals, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers right now. And if you're trying to pick up some steals, uh, you roster him because the Mets have nothing else to lose. And if he's going to get on base, he's going to run. He has 14 steals on the season, um, despite a 286 on base average. So that's really where I'd be looking to add Rosario to my team. Yeah, I think if I'm if I'm desperate for speed and he he's kind of lying around, that's where I'm that uh, I'm willing to make that choice too. I, I don't love the underlying numbers. He's still swinging outside of the zone over 35 percent of the time right now. Yeah. He's just making really good contact within the zone uh, and really and making some decent contact without outside the zone. Uh, you know, I don't think the power numbers are necessarily uh, super legitimate right now. Um, you know, he's had two home runs in the last week. Uh, you may not see more than two home runs rest of the season, and and all the projection systems have him for two home runs rest of the season. So that's a that seems like a pretty decent call. Uh, but what he can do is steal bases. He's stolen five in in the month of August. Uh, he, you know, if if the, the Mets have no reason not to just let him run and and let him just you know kind of uh, go wild on the base paths when he does get on there. So uh, I think. For that reason alone, if you're hurting for steals, uh, and you know you need a shortstop or a middle infielder, he he's, he could be worth a pickup. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about Jack Flaherty. He's a guy that I've really liked uh, in the past or earlier in the season. He had some kind of ups and downs, but uh, as of late, he's pitching much better uh, through a six inning shutout. 
uh, versus Milwaukee with seven strikeouts the other day. Had nine strikeouts uh, in a in a two earned run outing, seven innings versus the Royals previous to that. He's had at least seven strikeouts in each of his last uh, six outings. Are you buying in on Jack Flaherty? Yeah, uh, no, I I already had Jack Flaherty. I picked him up, and I, this is where you get dumb when you try to when you're trying to reach for uh, finishing in the money in a league. I traded both Jack Flaherty and Miles Mikolas in the last couple of weeks uh, in dump deals to try to make a push in NL, and I know I'm going to regret that uh, when it when it comes down. But you know, one of the things with me with uh, especially with Flaherty, given how young he is, uh, he's right he's right about on last year's inning uh, innings output. Uh, and we still have another month to go in the season and possibly a little more. Uh, and that's really the only reason why I looked at it, because I needed I needed to make the deal. I was up and pitching. I needed offense. Uh, and I forgot what the deal was, but it, it made sense in a vacuum for what I was trying to do. But in the long term, it's going to stink if Flaherty goes down, let's say, like a, a Chris Archer path the next couple of years when Archer broke out uh, with same kind of same kind of stuff. Um, especially somebody who leans on the slider, but he's just piling up strikeouts left and right right now. Nine, eight, seven, seven, nine, seven. Uh, a lot of it is uh, some of it. I'm sorry. A lot of that is coming within the division, and that's going to be that's going to continue down the stretch as they've got a an NL Central heavy schedule. So it, yeah, I, I was already on him. I regret having to move him, uh, but when you try to look at when he's had bad outings, number of times he's allowed more than four earned runs in a start this season, zero. You know, when he when he's having a bad outing, they get him out of there early. But other than that, if he doesn't have any major blow ups this year. Yeah, and I, I mean I see where you're going with the Archer comp, but I, I like the curveball more than I think uh maybe the numbers are showing this year. Uh and so like I have a little bit more faith that that can develop a little bit more over time. So I don't think he's gonna turn into like that just a, a two uh two pitch pitcher. Uh, down right. the road, so I and I, I love the command, uh, love love the slider, love the fastball. I really like Jack Flaherty, and he's only 22 years old. Uh, he's going to get some votes for Rookie of the Year, which is uh, you know for a guy that I don't think people really thought would be in the rotation this year, considering how stacked we thought the Cardinals' right. rotation was coming into the year. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I, I can't imagine he's available in a ton of leagues, but where do you think you would be drafting him next season? Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Couldn't get to the mute button quick enough. Uh, SP SP three. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to pull up the player radar real quick on ESPN, and let's do a kind of would you rather for next year? Would you rather have Jack Flaherty or Mike Clevenger? Flaherty. Okay. I think I'm with you. Uh, Flaherty or Lance McCullers? Flaherty. Wow. Only because, I mean, with the, it's with the recent, you asked me McCullers three weeks ago and I said McCullers. Yeah, I think I'm still McCullers, but I, I just, I can't quit that, dude. Um, Flaherty or Ross Stripling? Push. Mm, okay. Flaherty or David Price? Speaking of David Price, what a dick comment today he made to the writers today, by the way. Oh, I haven't heard this one yet. Oh, they asked him about, like, hey, it looks like you made some improvements recently. Yeah, I worked on some stuff. Like, what? I'm not going to tell you. You do your job, and I'll do mine. 
Um, they were trying to do their job. Somebody's having problems with the with the Boston media. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So uh, on that note, I'm going to go Flaherty. Uh, All right. Uh, remember, Price has an opt out clause after the season. He may hate Boston so much he may take There's the opt out. There's no way he, he can turn oh, down it's, that it's money. Dumb, right? But could you imagine if he turns on that money? He's locked in for another five years there. Oh, but man. if this is how he comment, I mean, could could times get any better in Boston than they are right now? And this is how he's going to act. Oof. He's getting paid thirty one or thirty two million dollars each of the next five years. I just don't know how he could. There's no way he's getting anything close to that on the open market. Um, I, I hear you. I hear you. But like I said, there were, what ninety eight games over five hundred right now. Uh, things that could not be any better, and he's already melting down at people. Wow, that's yeah. That's... Can't wait for can't wait for October. <laughs> oh God, yeah. If he implodes again, he's gonna he's gonna have some problems. All right, last one. Would you rather have Flaherty or Sean Manaya? <sighs> Manaya. Wow. Okay. I'm inconsistent, but I like that dude quite a bit. I do too. I just wonder where the strikeouts have gone. Same problem last year. Well, but last I wonder year he was sick. Yeah, he had yeah, the health thing, right? He had that stomach ailment there. That, well, we or, didn't know about that till later in the half, too. That's it wasn't true. Like he, he kept that, so maybe it's happening again. I don't know. All right, let's uh, let's move on. We got about uh, a little less than ten minutes to go before you got a you got a jet. So uh, got two more guys to discuss real quick. One is uh, real sexy, and I, I really want to know what you think about him for next year as well. Uh, and then one that's less sexy that is available on most waiver wires. So kind of trying it at all angles here. So let's start with uh, Ronald Cunha, who has just been absolutely scorching hot, uh, you know, un- until, of course, he got, you know, hit by uh, Jose Urena. Uh, but where do you think Ronald Cunha is going to go, and are you going to be on him next season? Too high and no. I mean, I've there's already people, I mean, for me, when I've heard, hey, would you take Acuna Jr. or Soto next year? And to me, that's Soto like eight days a week. Oh, see? Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite way. Yeah, it just to me, what I, but what I'm looking at, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at what I see at the plate. And I don't see it's, there's a huge, <coughs> pardon me, man, this, I hate being sick. Um, I don't see a huge difference between the two of them. But I'm just so impressed with what I see from the approach at the plate from Soto. Not to say that, not to say that Acuna doesn't blow me away. But what he does for me, I'm more impressed with what he does once the ball leaves his bat. I, I'm still amazed how he's got power to all fields. But I just love the approach that I see from Soto when I watch both guys. And I, you know, for me, that's the one I want when I when I look at what I, I think Acuna is going to be drafted higher than Soto. But Soto's the guy that I, I feel more comfortable rostering myself See, at the it, price he's going to go for. And it, if not for this hot streak, I think Soto would have gone much higher than Acuna, uh, which I think would have been a mistake. I still think it's a mistake, and I think people who put uh, Soto above Acuna uh, are watching what they do in real-life baseball as opposed to what they can do for your fantasy team. And I'm definitely guilty of that, right? I'll admit that right up front. I, I watch some guys, and that's how I that's how I tend to evaluate my fantasy players mm-hmm. is what I think of them as, as real baseball players. And as much as I love Soto, and Soto is he's a special talent, he's a special baseball player. Acuna is the better fantasy player. He's got the speed. 
And in today's game, we're talking about a guy who has only played in 71 games and has 19 home runs and 10 stolen bases. I mean, this guy is going to be a legit 30-20 candidate next year. Uh, and uh, th- with, with average, like, I mean, it's it's not going to be 295 like it is right now. But, like, if he, he goes 30-20 with 280, that, that's first-round value. Sure. Uh, I mean, one of the things I'm like, especially this second half, I mean, 40% of his uh, fly balls are going out of the yard. Uh, and on the season, we're at 25%. And, and that rate never materialized anywhere in the minor leagues where they where they measured it. Uh, I have a really tough time forecasting thirty for him, just using just using the numbers. Not look. I mean, the swing absolutely. We, again, he's got power to all fields. This isn't a guy that's hitting home runs by pull, by pull shots. This is a guy that will hit him to right as well as he will hit him to left. Uh, and the, the future is incredibly bright uh, for him in that regard. Uh, but I I'm going to be closer to low 20s next year than I will be in 30. Like he could be a 2020 next year guy, a 2020 guy next year, but I don't, I have a tough time saying 30, 20. Okay. So where do you think he should be going? Second round, third round, fourth round in a 15 teamer, 15 teamer, 2020 with the average, that's going to be third round. Okay. And see, I think I, I think I'm going to have him mid second, and I think that's probably going to be too low for some people. Man, could you see him go in the first round? Or oh, he will. He totally will. But I mean, I, I think of him as where he was, where kind of Andrew Benatendi was going this year. Good call. Yeah. So, uh, you and know, I was definitely, I was definitely off the Benatendi. Oh, I, I totally was too. I totally have. I have been wrong about Andrew Benatendi every step of the way, and <laughs> you know, I just, I never thought he would show this kind of power. Uh, and speed combo. I thought he was going to, uh, you know, just be kind of an all-around, you know, positive producer. I didn't think he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. All right, let's finish. I mean, can we take can oh, we take a moment to appreciate the fact that you know Juan Soto has 31 home runs as a professional hitter this year, it, and that the lowest on base percentage he has at any level is 400. I I love Juan Soto. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not like crapping on Juan Soto at all. He he, dude started in a ball, and is now through you know half a season's worth of at bats has 15 home runs with 291, 411 on base percentage. I mean, WRC plus is 49 percent above the league average at 19 years old. Like, dude is absolutely sick, and like. I'm go- I'm super glad I've got him in two dynasty leagues. One is a thirty uh, uh, team league with hundred man roster spots. So I mean, think how thin your rosters are, and and I've got him for the next six years in that league. Yeah. You know, uh, under like the you know, actual major league baseball like arbitration. Reminds me of a guy. It reminds me of the guy in one of my old home leagues who drafted Justin Upton as a high school kid before he was drafted. At one dollar, and in that league, we had perpetual contracts. Yeah, it's uh, Justin Upton at one dollar. Yeah, Soto is a special player. If he had some speed, I know he stole two bases so far this year in the majors. But I mean, let's be honest he, he he's not going to be a base stealing threat. And I think that's what puts Acuna above him in fantasy from a right. real baseball perspective. I, I you know that left handed swing is just is just beautiful. 
Yep. All right, let's finish out with a quick one. Anthony Descalfani, he's been pitching better as of late. He's coming off of uh, injury, but uh, quietly putting together, uh, you know, kind of a nice end of the season here. Uh, just kind of shut down my Giants here. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, pitched Who hasn't done that, though? How dare you? They had just won two straight. How's that Giants raise bet looking? I, what are the ra- what's the raise record? Over 500. Son of a bitch. We're like right at 500. (laughs) So, yeah, this this is uh, not looking good for me. Lots of things are not looking good for me. So, um, breaking news. uh, Leonis Martin is heading home uh, from the hospital. So, good. uh, That's uh, that's good news. So, let's see. The Rays are 62 and 61, and the Giants are 61 and 63. Well, I'm still in this. You're still in it, but. I'm gonna have lots of people to pay pay off if I lose this bet, so I'm I'm really hoping I don't. Number one in line, Mr. Sandy Casimir. That's yeah, gonna be yeah. a fun one. San- Sandy's gonna be in line. Uh, I think I've got a bet with Mike Warner. Uh, I've got a bet with you, um, Yancey. Uh, I'm sure I've got a bet with Yancey. Uh, it, somehow I have found like the only five Rays fans. I I employ three Rays fans at Friends of Fantasy Benefits. That's why you have a good site. Yeah. Uh, getting back to Discofani, you know he's been. We got three quality starts in a row. Uh, yeah, three quality starts in a row against Nationals, the uh, Arizona, uh, and your Giants. The strikeouts, he struck out nine in Arizona, but they really weren't there in the other games. I tried to go look and say, okay, what's different? Nothing's changed. I mean, when I look at his when I look at his pitch by pitch game, uh, you know, he threw the, the really the only thing that stood out was he threw more sliders in the starts mm-hmm. against in the start against the Giants, but that was it. I mean, I would expect. More strikeouts to come against the. Uh, I was looking for something different in that Arizona game, but there's nothing different. I mean, everything's pretty much been in line um, with it, and so. Uh, did you I, actually the watch the Arizona is, start? Did not watch it. Go watch it because the, the the slider was was playing much better. There was more bite on it, um, and I think that when the slider is working for him, right, uh, he's going to get more swings and misses. And then, it, then the weirdness, uh, you're starting against the Giants, it was all ground balls. Mm-hmm. And, but that came out of nowhere because he hasn't been that the last, you, know, you go look through his last seven or eight games, and it's been mostly fly balls. And then all of a sudden, here comes this huge two-thirds of the batted balls were ground balls. Yeah. Maybe it's because the Giants have no hitters, and you know, just all about they do is hit things into the ground. But, yeah, <laughs> I was about to like say, it, like, they had, uh, they had uh, Gorky's Hernandez and... Uh, Duger and uh, Longoria. Yeah, it was um, no Blanco. Blanco wasn't in the lineup. Robbie or, Thompson, Jack Clark. Yeah, it was. It wasn't versions of Cutter Pence played in that game, so it wasn't like they're. Uh, well, the, you know, the Giants don't have a premium lineup anymore. So, but uh, it wasn't their best showing. Um, and the best thing for me, no homers in his last three starts. And that's mm-hmm. always what's held him back because he had a run there of like eight starts in a row where he had allowed at least one home run and he had multiples in five of those eight. So three without a home run. That's nice to see. It's good to hear mm-hmm. the Two slider was there in the Arizona game. Um, let's see if it could all come together right now. We've seen it all come together in exactly one start. Yeah, he's not walking guys right now. He's only had one outing this year with more than two walks. Uh, so that's good. And then, like you said, the, the home runs have dissipated in, in spite of the fact that he's pitched two of the last three uh, at home. So in three yep. of the last four, uh, and he's only given up one home run in, the, in that four-game stretch. So I'm uh, I'm I'm encouraged. I was a Descalfani fan before he got injured. Uh, grabbed him in some deeper formats. 
uh, to start the year. And, you know, he's not one of those guys that's going to win you a league, but he's definitely one of those guys that can kind of help supplement the back of your rotation and largely available in uh, in a lot of formats right now. Indeed. All right. That's going to wrap us up uh, for this kind of quicker Sunday episode. Uh, we uh, good to record next week, too? Uh, yes, we are. Awesome. Uh, that'll, uh, that'll definitely happen. I don't think I have anything else going on here on Sundays for the next few weeks. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week and, uh, uh, good luck in your draft today. Thanks. It was just good to record. Didn't want to go, uh, another week. People are like, Hey, are you still actually doing pot? I'm like, yes, I am. It's just schedule wise has been tough. Yeah. So glad we could do something with y'all longer format next week. <coughs> and hopefully I'll have this cough gone by then. Yeah. I, I apologize. Uh, to people out there, I with my move, I was having a real hard time finding uh, time on the weekends to record Jason. But we'll, we'll we'll continue to get in, and now I've got a hard line into my into my office, so the audio issues that may have happened with uh, with me and Paul won't won't uh, happen in the future. So I appreciate everybody being patient and not killing us uh, with bad reviews. But feel free to give us some good reviews on on iTunes. So that helps us out. Yes, please, and go All buy right. some Rotowear shirts. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.